Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. We are in a brand new series that begins today that I think is totally necessary and totally timely. Name of our next series is called Pain Killers. Somebody say Pain Killers. Because pain is all around us. Just because we give our life to the Lord doesn't make us impenetrable to pain. Even Jesus warns us, he says that in this life, you will have many trials and tribulations. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So he wants us to know that stuff's going to happen. But the stuff doesn't have to, doesn't have to take us out. It doesn't have to stop us from living the life that he has chosen for us to live. You know what we do really good at church? We are masters of phoniness. We love to make it seem like everything's just fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. There's nothing wrong. Life is perfect. And it's not. You're lying. You're phony. You're fake. And that's not how the Lord wants us to operate. Every last emotion that we possess, he gave to us. Hurt and happiness. Sorrow and gratitude. Everything that we feel, he gave us. But he also gave us instructions on how to handle all the different directions of emotions that life has for us. The problem is for us sometimes, especially us who've been in the, the church a little while and like to play pretend, we bury pain, we ignore pain or we pretend that the pain is not real. And that is anti-biblical. There's a verse that we're going to use to kind of anchor the entire series, and it's in Luke 23, 21 and 34. Luke 21 and 34. It says, be careful. So that's number one. This is dangerous. So be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. He's not hiding it from you. He's not sugarcoating it. He's saying there are some anxieties in this life. The anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. So be careful. Be careful. Meaning take care of those emotions that you're feeling. Take care of that pain that you are experiencing. Be careful with how you deal with your pain. Pain is um, it's a problem outside the church, inside the church. And it's not the pain itself, but it's what we choose to use to cope with our pain. According to the American Psychological Association, 77% of Americans regularly experience physical symptoms related to stress, meaning that the pain comes, we don't deal with the pain properly, and then it shows up in other areas of our life. For some people, that could be a development of migraines, fatigue, despondency. Why? Because... We didn't handle our pain correctly. And you might be thinking, well, that's, you know, the world. They don't have the hope that we have. Well, 
the Barner Group found that 40% of practicing Christians feel overwhelmed by their responsibilities. That's almost half of us that are dealing with overwhelm and with burnout. When that overwhelm and that burnout or various forms of pain show up in our life, we tend to find our own painkillers. For some of us, we go to the arms of another person. For some of us, we eat our pain away. For some of us, we try to shop our pain away. And then we pursue painkillers that end up killing our relationship with the Lord. Because we haven't, we haven't got the right prescription for our pain. Some people take it to further extents, and sometimes it's substance abuse, gambling, pornography, addictions of all kinds that become a barrier between you and your risen Savior. Our country is in the midst of a drug problem that is never seen before. Over 106,000 drug overdose deaths occurred in 2021 alone. And that number has been increasingly going up year after year after year. Why? Because people are in pain. And they don't know how to handle their pain. And those people are not just outside of the church. So we're going to have to talk about this because God has prescriptions for our pain. And it's up to us to learn what the good doctor has prescribed for us. And then it's up to us to take our medicine. We're going to start today's journey in the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. And we're going to get our first prescription for our pain. Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11 and 28. I'll be reading the NLT version myself. And it reads, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Our purpose today is to explore how we can embrace God's word. And our first prescription today is rest. Today's message is titled PTO, Purposeful Time Off. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you today because you are not just our good shepherd, but you are a good doctor too. And you have us in mind, the mountaintop experiences, the valley low experiences, and you have instructions for it all. Father, open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits to be able to receive instruction from you today that will change our life forever. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, so I haven't played basketball in a long time. But I can tell you exactly the very last time that I played basketball. Because it was that experience that made me never play basketball since that day. Now, growing up, I wasn't the basketball guy, I was football guy. But I played basketball for fun, and I'm not like offensively good. My thing, because I'm a football guy, I played defense, got rebounds, you know, did the dirty work. And so this day, I'm a full, full grown man. 
And I'm kind of at that point where when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Like, I'm getting to the place, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing the same stuff I was doing when I was a teenager. And so I'm playing basketball at a gym, and my brother-in-law and my nephew are there, and I'm, I'm playing with them. We're on the same team, going against some folks. And um, I got the ball. I was feeling a little, you know, like I could do something. And so I tried to do something. And so I tried to go to the right, but my left leg was like, nah. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and, so, and so what happened was there's this, this tendon that, that connects from your, your knee up to your hip, right? It's called a, an IT band. The only reason I know it's called an IT band is because I messed it up. So I went to the right, and immediately my leg was on fire. I immediately dropped to the floor in pain, the type of pain I have never experienced before. It was hot, it was burning, and it was tight. I ruptured my IT band. I had to literally crawl off the court. Couldn't get up, couldn't walk. All I could do was cry Hosanna. Lord, be the lifter of my soul up off this gym flow. The thing about pain is, <laughs> when you are in pain, the only thing you want is for the pain to stop. <laughs> when the pain is at its peak, you don't care what will take the pain away. You just want the pain to go away. There I was, laying on the gym floor, face down, questioning myself. What was I thinking? Everybody out here is younger than me. What was I thinking? What am I trying to prove? Here I am, face down on the gym floor, asking for deliverance from the pain that is throbbing on the left side of my body. I couldn't get up. And it's a room full of dudes, so I can't cry. Oh, but I wanted to. So there I lay in pain, trying to figure out my next step. And it's at that moment in our lives where we have to make appropriate decisions. But here's the problem. It's hard to make sound decisions in the midst of pain. Because the only thing you can hear is the pain. The only thing that's talking to you is the pain. The only thing you're focused on is the pain. The only thing that's guiding you in that moment is the pain. So it's imperative for us to have treasure stored up for when the pain comes. Because when the pain comes, if we have to figure out what to do, the chances are we'll make the wrong decision. Because all you're going to want is for the pain to go away. And so if the wrong prescription is available, but it promises relief from the pain, the likelihood is that you'll take the wrong prescription because the pain is communicating louder than your faith. And so we have to look not to the world, not to common vices, cigarettes, black and mild, Tennessee, We can't call up, send a, 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 a hey, big head text. Mm -mm. These are the wrong prescriptions. Because then you start reminiscing on somebody who was toxic and harmful to you, but the pain makes it rosy. 
Oh, the good times we had. If they were so good, y'all would be together. But you're not. But the pain distorts your view. The pain distorts your rationality. The pain takes away your ability to think objectionally. So what do we do when the pain comes? What are some things that we can do before the pain comes? that will better prepare us when the pain comes. The first thing that we can do is we can find rest. Not, 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 like, not, not, not like when the, when the pain shows up, you know what, I'm going to take a nap. I think I'm going to sleep this off. It might be a little too late, but what if you did what the Lord told you to do ahead of time? You remember he demonstrated it himself in the first book of your Bible. He was all about his business. He was creating this and creating that, creating this and creating that, and creating this and creating that. And then he said he was going to rest. God, great I am. God, who existed before time. God, the uncreated one, saw value in rest. And yet we, we don't see that same value. I wonder if that's part of the enemy's plan for our lives, to keep us in cycles from one day to the next without any rest, and then when the pain shows up, we're too weary, we're too tired to think biblically because we haven't done what he demonstrated for us to do. We don't value rest. Come on, I'm a businessman. And you know what they taught me? They taught me to grind and hustle. They said sleep is for suckers. They say, I sleep when I'm dead, but I'm about my business right now. And if you want to be on top, you better be about yours. That's the way they, they train us when you're out here on your own. And it's not just for entrepreneurship. It's for you and your job as well, right? Because you're in competition with people that are in your field trying to make their way to the top. And so you're working hard to make yourself stand out to stand above the crowd, to be in position for the promotion, to be in position to do the next and get to the next level and elevate your position in life. And that's a good thing if you do it in balance. Because the Lord, God, he worked, he grinded, he worked, he grinded, but then he rested. We forget that part. We make it minuscule and we wonder why we're burnt out. We wonder why we don't have any energy. We wonder why we haven't made the progress in life that we thought we would have made by this point in our life. Some of us look at our age and say, man, I should have did X, Y, and Z by now. I haven't hit none of those blocks. Could it be it's because you haven't allowed yourself any rest? Could it be you've Trapped yourself in a cycle of ongoing work and you wonder, man, where did this month go? It's September already? Yeah, because you haven't paused. You haven't rested. And the worst time to make a decision is when you're tired. You don't make good financial decisions when you're tired. You can't have a good uh, conversation with your spouse when you're tired. Because weariness has the ability to cloud our perspective. And some of us sitting in these seats don't realize how weary we are. Because it's, it's our new normal. We consider showing up on Sunday mornings. Oh, that's my Sabbath. So seven days. 24 each day, and you think 90 minutes. 
is enough to recuperate, recalibrate, and refocus for your next. What did your God do? He took an entire day off. Why do we all talk about this in church? Why don't we talk about this in society? Why do we act like it's like the G League of Christianity? Like this is not what the pros do. This is what you do when you're trying to be up and coming. No, this is necessary for your right now and it's necessary for your next. This is the prescription for your pain and you don't even realize it. You don't understand what rest is. First thing you need to know is that rest is a blessing. If you allow yourself to realize that rest is a blessing, you would do it more. It wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be a throwaway activity if you really let it settle in your heart that God gave me rest to bless me. Matthew 11 and 28, we just read it. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heaven burdens, and I will give you rest. Anything that Jesus says I will give you is a blessing for you. The problem is we don't come to him with our weariness. We don't come to him with our burdens, and therefore, we have not received the blessing of his rest. Did you notice that he said his, he, he will give you rest? Like if you don't come to him, the type of rest you try, attempt on your own, can't compare to the type of rest that he will give you. That's why this message is called purposeful time off. This ain't just, I'm going to start taking more naps. That's just time off. <laughs> but the kind of rest that comes from him has purpose. And when we take the time first to realize that rest is a blessing, um, we will invite ourselves into his presence more. Do you realize that in this verse, Jesus is giving you an invitation into his presence? Hello, Jesus, the true and living God, Jesus, 100% man, 100%, Jesus, God, has given you an invitation. And many of us are saying, no, thank you. I'm good. It don't take all that. But thank you anyway, Jesus. I'm going to keep carrying this burden myself. I got it. Until you don't. Until you become overwhelmed and burned out. And then you start blaming everybody else. Your co-workers are the problem. Your boss is the problem. Your church is the problem. Because they're always asking you to do stuff. The problem is not the stuff. The problem is you have no energy. The problem is you haven't followed the biblical recipe for your longevity. You have no endurance because you're carrying burdens that he invited you to give to him. Because you don't realize that rest is a blessing. The second thing you need to realize is that rest is a barometer. The reason why we need rest sometimes is to take a real gauge of where we are. In case you don't know, barometers measure pressure. And sometimes we are functionally dysfunctional that we don't realize the immense amount of pressure that we have allowed into our lives that's destroying us. And we wait till the fruit shows up to say, huh, I might be a little bit stressed. Huh, I might be carrying a little bit too much. But if you were to regularly practice rest, you would have the ability to exhale. 
you would have the ability to reflect and see and feel what you've been carrying because rest is a barometer. We can't get used to the dysfunction in our lives. And it's easy to do. Some of us have been doing the same thing for so long that even though it's crazy, it's normal to us. Even though it's killing us, it's normal to us. Even though it's tearing our relationships apart, we've normalized it. And we just keep going, keep going, and keep going until we break, until we crack. And then we go get the wrong prescription for our pain because we have not allowed rest to be our barometer. Psalms 46 and 10 tells us this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You have to find time to be still. He's saying, be still and know that I am God. Sit back, reflect, allow yourself to remember because we all had that moment where we were at our lowest, at our breaking point, and we cried out to him and he answered and our life was changed forever, but then we started living. We got further and further away from that moment. We got more and more disconnected from that moment where the Lord rescued us out of our sins, where he allowed his blood to cover us. And we became new. And then we started, we went back to work and we started reading our Bible. We started, we got into ministry. We got a little position. Huh? A little name tag. You know? People started calling us elder this and pastor this and evangelist this. We got further and further away from that moment. And we started leaning on our gifts instead of leaning on his presence. We stopped being still. We got active. We did the opposite. Because if you just keep going and keep going and keep going, how do you have time to know that he is God? The verse continues, I'll be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Those who are still have access to fresh revelation. Those who keep going are only going off what they were told back then. When they were in his presence, when they stayed at his feet. They got word from him, they got revelation from him, and then they took off running. And they've been still since. And they've been getting weary, and they've been getting tired. And then they come up with new doctrine. Then they come up with new philosophies. You don't really need the church. The church is in you. No, you're just tired. You're weary. And you haven't gone back to him. You haven't been still. You've just been going and going and going. We have to realize in the midst of our busyness, we must be intentional about pausing. Because for a lot of us, if we are not intentional about pausing, we'll get paused. We'll, we'll get stopped. We'll break. We'll have a crisis. Because we were not intentional to pause. And not just pause. Remember, this is purposeful time off. So you pause and you seek. You pause and you seek. What is the Lord saying now? What does the Lord have for me now? What does the Lord want me to do now? You pause and you seek. Turn to your neighbor and say, this ain't just taking a nap every day. Your rest begins by refocusing on him. This is purposeful time off. This is not catch up on your shows, watch the game. No, no, this is purposeful time off. This is pausing and seeking your father. 
be still and know that I am God. You won't know if you do not seek. So rest is a blessing. Rest is a barometer. And rest is like Braille. Braille is what people who can't see use to get information. And sometimes in our busyness, our busyness turns into blurriness. We don't know our purpose and we don't have a vision for the future. And we can't understand why life is life in the way that life is life in currently. And it takes away our ability to see past our here and our right now. And sometimes when we rest, that rest turns into braille. It gives us information that we couldn't see with our eyes. But as we rest and as we seek, we start to get new downloads and fresh revelation and our sight returns, our hope returns. Our faith becomes restored and renewed. But you can't do it if you don't take your medicine of rest. Sometimes we just go and we don't realize that our going is disconnecting us from the things we need to go long term. One of those is the right relationships. Sometimes we just go from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And we haven't even cultivated the relationships that are the most important to us because we're so busy. You say, but no friends. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, two people are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. You need somebody in your life that can help you succeed. All my lone rangers out there, you know, I just don't do, well, you should. I just don't do. You need people in your life that can show you your blind spots. You don't need just any old people, and you don't need a bunch of people, but you don't need no people in your life. Some of us parents, we just go and we grind and we hustle and we say we're doing it for our kids, but your kids ain't seen you. So are you really doing it for them? Or are you doing it for you and your ego, your pride? So you can say that your kids got on Jordans. But can we just be real? All that overtime ain't really got nothing to do with them. What about you? They ain't seen you. But it's about them. Oh, this is not taken away from work, right? The Bible talks about if you don't work and don't provide for your family, you're worse than unbeliever. That's not what we're saying. But there has to be work, 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 pause. There has to be time for those people and those relationships that are important to you because God gave you them too. He didn't just give you the job. He didn't just give you the company. He didn't just give you the ministry. He gave you a family. He gave you friends. And you have to make the time to develop those relationships because two are better than one. Because the right people in your life Bring you success. You're praying for success. And God says you need people in your life to help you become successful. Yesterday, uh, a college football started and, and uh, one of the big rage was uh, Coach Prime. It was his debut as the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. And, and they pulled it out. They pulled out the win at the last minute. It was uh, wasn't supposed to happen. They were the underdog by a lot, but they did it. And after the game, um, one of the, the journalists came up to him after some time it went by because, um, fun fact, not only was this his, his debut, but two of his sons play on the team. So he coaches two of his sons. And so the, the um, interviewer, the journalist said, uh, was congratulating him for the win and like, you know, Dion was being Dion. He was like, we, we, we told y'all we was coming. Y'all believe us now? But um, the journalist was like, you know, this is a special moment, not just for the win, 
uh, his son, both his sons had a great day uh, on the field. And so they were asking, like, did you have time to, like, be their dad and, and enjoy the moment as their father and not just as their coach? And he said, absolutely. We, we just had a moment in the locker room about 10 minutes ago. And they was telling me their stats, and, and I told them how proud I was. And then I put my coach hat back on, and I, 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 I diagnosed and dissected what they could have did better. But he made time to just be dad. He said, great job. Proud of you. You did well. So there's a balance there. There's the work that we do, the grind that we do. We're stewarding the gifts that God put in us. But we also have to steward the people that God placed in our life. Don't just steward the purpose. Steward the people. Because in more likelihood, the people are part of the purpose. And if you're not stewarding the people, are you really stewarding your purpose? The answer is no. Because God wants you to value your relationship with him. And he also wants you to value your relationship with them. He is just concerned about your vertical relationship with him as he is concerned about your horizontal relationships with him. Your purpose are often connected to your people. Acts 20 and 24 says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. God has uniquely designed each and every last one of us for a purpose. We have to align the totality of our lives to be aiming at accomplishing that purpose. We don't get there alone. We don't get there without the right relationships. And we can't have the right relationships without us being intentional about making time to cultivate those relationships. So how do we, how do we maneuver and do this? I, we realize that rest is a blessing and rest is a, a barometer and rest can, can be like Braille. But then, like, how do we institute, how do we posture our heart and our mind and our spirit to be able to walk this out. Well, the first thing we got to know is that proper order is essential for finding rest in God. Proper order is essential with finding rest in God. Isn't random. God has order and structure for us to follow. You can find it in Matthew six and thirty-three. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. So we're pursuing the everything that we need, but we're pursuing it our own way. We're making our priority list the way we think our priority list should be made. When God has prioritized the things you should be chasing and in what order, he said it starts with my kingdom. And this only goes for people who said that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you, in this room, or watching, or listening, have said that Jesus Christ is Lord, his instructions to you is to seek him first. Not seek your degree first. Not seek that investment first. Not seek that spouse first. Seek him First, second step, live righteously. Seek him, live righteously. And then, everything that you want, you'll have. The problem is we don't believe it. We seek the kingdom last. That's why we only show up to church once a month. Amen, lights. 
We don't seek the kingdom first. We seek our comfort first. Do I feel like going? Did I stay up too late last night? Do I have too much to do today? Let me look through all of these lenses to decide if I'm going to go hear what thus says the Lord. That's seeking him last. Let me check all my other things out first, and then that will be able to help me decide if I'm going to go be in the company of other believers. Seeking the kingdom last. Let me check my work schedule, my bank account, and my friends' text messages to see if I'm going to serve and volunteer today. That's seeking the kingdom last. You're filtering it through everything else. Let me check comment. Let me check direct TV. Let me check Bank of America, and then I'll decide if I'll return my tithe or pay my offering. Seeking the kingdom last. He says, seek him first. You want everything that you need? Seek him first. You're praying for stuff that you're not biblically qualified to receive. Because you haven't done what the Bible says to do. So your prayers are in vain because you haven't followed the instructions. You're praying for a financial breakthrough, but you're not following the instructions. You're praying for restoration in your marriage, but you're not following the instructions. You're praying for that health diagnosis to turn around, but you're not following the instructions. Seek him first. Live righteously next in all these things. And all these things will be added to you. So you need proper order. We got to do things in its proper order to get the proper results. Next one. Permit yourself to say no. Huh. Hello. Permit yourself to say, that's our practice. One, two, three. That wasn't hard. You can say it in Spanish. One, two, three. It's the same word. Sometimes the best thing we could do is say no. We give our yes away too much. And we end up suffering. We end up dysfunctional because we keep saying yes when it should be. Uh, no, this is what Proverbs 19 and 2 says. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. And haste makes mistakes. Say it. Haste makes mistakes. Bars. Some of y'all just moving too much. Saying yes too quick. And burning out too fast. As a result, purposeful time off is going to require you to get more acquainted with the word no. Can't do it. Nope. Uh-uh. You can say it in multiple languages. No. No. And no. It translates well. It's a universal language. No. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be rude. You can still represent the kingdom and communicate it with honor. But I'm sorry. I'm choosing to be still and know that he is God. I am choosing to pause and seek. And I can't let this commitment get in the way. It's essential to recognize when we need to say no. Why? To maintain balance. Because if your yes is leading to your weariness, then you're not effective for the kingdom. You think you're being all Christian-like by telling everybody yes, but burnout is not a part of your kingdom mandate. 
There has to be balance. And sometimes you got to tell them, no, I know that wasn't good grammar, but I needed y'all to get it. You got to tell them, no. So permit yourself to say no next. Practice intentional living. Like living on purpose. Because our days are melting away because we're just existing and not living. We're existing and not living. We're not thriving. We're just getting by. We're just getting to the next day. That's all we're doing. And God has so much more purpose for your existence than to just get by. He wants you to live. And he wants you to be intentional about it. Not accidental. He don't want you to accidentally have a good day. He don't want you to accidentally create a memory. He wants you to be intentional. Plan it. Organize it. Make it a priority. This is theologically correct. I said it a couple weeks ago. Y'all want to be deep so bad. Take a day off. I know that's not deep. But it's the prescription that you need. Some of you are in here tired. Because you haven't been living intentionally. You've been saying yes to everybody and everything. You've been making no time for yourself. You've been making no time for those important relationships in your life. You've been making time for everything but what you need to be making time for. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Which also means that there is a time where you shouldn't be doing that. Some of you are just doing what you've always done. And guess what? You've been getting what you've always gotten. Next is to place more emphasis on eternal matters. This is the last one. Place more emphasis on eternal matters. Because right now our world is placing less emphasis on eternal matters. They are encouraging us, coaching us, or putting emphasis on the right here and right now. Making sure that life is great right now. Pushing all your chips in into 2023 because nobody's promised tomorrow which should actually make you focus more on eternal things because that is a true statement and what will you be known for after it's all said and done what will people remember about you what will your legacy be what are people going to come to the funeral and say are they going to laugh Are they going to have something to say that reflects a kingdom lifestyle that was lived here on the earth? When are we going to allow ourselves to read the word of God and consider it as fact? When are we going to allow ourselves to read the word of God and to look at it as necessary? Not an afterthought not outdated, not antiquated, but currently relevant and absolutely necessary for my life. We can't do that if we're constantly on the go. If we don't take intentional time to pause and reflect. If we build rest into our lives now, we'll have the endurance for when the pain shows up because the pain is going to show up. The pain is going to show up And the pain is going to try to get you further away from your king. And this is something that we all can do. This is not something that's impossible, that's out of the realm of our week-to-week, month-to-month lives. We can be 
intentional about taking purposeful time off if we remind ourselves that there is an invitation from Jesus that we read in Matthew eleven twenty eight earlier. He says, come to me. He's inviting you. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. That's you. I know you look real strong. I know you the strong friend. You the one that everybody calls. And so you're used to walking around with your shoulders broad. You're used to answering that call. You're used to replying to that text message trying to have the answer for everybody else. But Jesus is inviting you to come to him. There has to be an acknowledgement of your weariness. Hello. Ooh, you got to kill your pride. You have to acknowledge that you're weary and or carrying heavy burdens to see yourself in this scripture. Or you won't think that you're the one being invited in, and you are. And he's, he's telling you. And Jesus doesn't lie. So therefore, he's promising you that if you come to him with your weariness, if you come to him with your heavy burdens, he will give you rest. You know what I didn't know when planning this series? This month is National Recovery Month. I had no idea when God gave us this. And some of us need recovery. Some of us need a help and a rest that can only come from, from the Lord. I was doing some research from the physical standpoint. I was reading a medical research journal that said the human body's ability to feel pain is part of its defense mechanisms for maintaining its integrity and protecting itself from harm. So we're not running from pain here. Because our pain has purpose. Like from a physical standpoint, it brings integrity to the body. And it protects the body, body from harm. Your pain has purpose. But we have to learn how to deal with our pain. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.